0: Hi. Tiny Terrors, wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like, what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs?
2: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog and the trees of a town called The Fort. And in The Fort... There are people, simple, nice townsfolk, and within those plain small town people are voices, and some of those voices speak prophecy. Listener discretion is advised. Albert, kneeling, slack-jawed, head tilting backwards, began to whimper and moan. But still, he didn't move. Still, he sat kneeling, bound in the midst of those things, those people. With eyes gouged from their sockets, but still peering with nothing directly at him. Focusing every ounce of attention directly on the reverend. It was horrifying, terrifying, but also mystifying and mesmerizing. What in the world was happening, Peggy wondered from the bush she sat huddled in, peering out. Nothing more than another piece of the
1: dark woods around her. Oh, how fascinating, wouldn't you say? When one does something impulsive, it is always such... A stinging surprise when others make use of such unintended consequences such as him. But you can thank Mother Cyprian for that. You know Mother Cyprian, right? I'm sure you do. She's quite close with your mother, Peggy
0: pretended to ignore the burnt man, pretended to show him indifference, but it was simply nice not to be alone and sitting there now with him, knowing what she knew about the awful things he had done, but not knowing the full extent of his crimes against her family. She was just happy not to be alone. Lightning illuminated the dark briefly in a thunderous clap and Peggy ducked instinctively as if it were a spotlight trained directly on her. The sky flickered as she looked towards her unsettling companion. Even as electricity coursed through the sky, bringing with it the power of titans and brutal harsh light, still it would not catch on the skin of the burnt man, as if his sooty, crackled skin, made of some overbaked, charred, and crackling night sky, repelled the very light itself or slipped in between it. Or. Drank it up greedily. Peggy didn't know what she had expected, but the malevolent nature of his biological construction or deconstruction, his existence, showed no signs of inconsistency, not once. She could see his smile, though. As the lightning lit him in single frames, she watched it widen jarringly from start to finish as he saw her peer up, and he looked back down, knowing what curiosity
1: she had. Oh, come now. If you stare, you'll make me blush.
2: Oh, (laughs) the angels themselves couldn't make a shameless little worm like you blush.
0: Peggy turned immediately to face James, a fiery anger burning in her chest hearing his voice, his smug little voice, his lying backstabbing voice, the sounds a murderer would make, a traitor, jamess voice, and James had killed Tom and she hated him for it, if only she had the strength to strike him, to break him piece by piece like the crumbling stones of that well where last she saw him. But the burnt man didn't turn immediately. Peggy looked at him for some quip, some clever little jab, some condescending platitude like he'd only offered her. But none came.
2: Oh, 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 Jacob, you should have told me you were coming. I would have grabbed you a better seat closer to the main attraction. And here you are off in the wings. That's no fun. After all, you might see the costume changes in amidst the curtains. You probably don't get that, dear, sweet little Peggy. It's a theater reference. Jacob here thinks he's ever the man of culture, so it felt fitting.
0: Jacob. Who's Jacob? Peggy thought as she glanced at the Burt man who briefly glanced back at her through the corner of his eye, extending his hand ever so slightly as if to say,
1: Don't. Move. Yes, well... You know me, Adam. I would never do anything so uncouth as to impose on your little woodland celebrations. As it happened, we were just on our way out. Adam.
0: Peggy recognized the name. She recognized that compulsive tone of his laughter.
2: Just on your way out. (laughs) Hmph! you can't very well leave now. Not when all the fun's about to begin. I really don't know what to expect, but it's fun to throw fuel on the fire, isn't it? I mean, don't you wonder what's going to happen? You set the kindling and build the blaze, and it's been fading and blowing smoke for so long. And now... Now things are going to get interesting. Oh, (laughs) you see, that's the difference between you and I, Jacob. You have no follow-through, so I'm finishing your work for you. But I wasn't exactly left to set a blueprint, so I've sort of felt my way through the dark. You'd probably know better than I what happens next.
1: Well, uh... Ideally, I would have been able to keep an eye on the Reverend as a boy. But Mother Cyprian kept him locked away. I couldn't tend to him like I would have liked.
2: <laughs> oh, Mother Cyprian, when you just love to tear a limb from limb? I mean, after all, speaking of putting fuel on the fire... She's been nothing but an oily slick of kerosene through the fort, wouldn't you say? Really, it's her fault you chopped me up and put me in the tree, and kept me locked away in the LaPont children, cut in four pieces, unable to put myself together again.
1: I... well, I... I find myself at a bit of a loss as to what you mean.
2: Oh, good God... It's a lot of ground to cover, and I don't want to miss the show. So in short, you took the children, you killed the children, you fortified the soil with their bodies, and then had one of Edith's bloodline plant the seed.
1: Well, I mean, yes, but that was simply fertilizer. Ritualistic fortification, you... You know how it is.
2: Well, see, that's interesting, because she only told you they were to feed the tree. But the tree grew not from the nutrients in the soil, but with the intent that it should grow to feed those children you put in the ground. And now here we are, and you found yourself playing detective with one of those very children.
0: James slowly turned his gaze to Peggy.
2: You have something... That belongs to me. And I'd really like it back.
1: Adam, I'm sure you're mistaken. She's just a simple girl. There's really nothing to her. Quite dull and boring, in fact. You
2: fed me to a tree. And then Cyprian had the tree feed me to those damn dead children you put in the ground.
1: Adam, come now, we've had our differences, but you've always been a rational man. How would she have willed the tree unless she had Edith's help?
2: Yes, well, uh, funny thing about Edith, Mother Cyprian had her locked in her home of care. Now, I didn't take the time to ask questions when I checked in with my old friend Cyprian, out at the ever-unwelcoming Riverside Sanatorium, but putting two and two together, you might assume that she might have been able to squeeze out of Edith a little bit of help. <laughs> you and I both know she has quite the special little touch. Some might say even a supernatural way of exerting control on her so-called friends.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, 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 she does. That's what she did to myself. In that mud-loving farmer she insists on inviting all the time. You know, I've never really liked the pair of them. But she exerted her control. Yes, yes. In the most insidiously supernatural way, too. But I don't understand. The children, they look nothing like the ones that I took. Surely I would have remembered. I would have been able to free you once I was let loose of her spell.
2: Oh, 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 Jacob. Jacob. Why do you keep lying? Just apologize, and promise me you'll never hurt my feelings like that ever again. It's terrible being betrayed by a friend. You and I both know the children are alike enough to what they once were, where the thought must have crossed your mind. Maybe you didn't know, but enough to feel the urge to contemplate the matter, perhaps. Oh, that look. Oh, you really didn't know. Oh, (laughs) that's pathetic. Well, let me make this simple for you. You leave them in the ground long enough, add a sprinkle of my shadow, sink it into the marrow of their bones, and they'll come out a little different.
1: Oh, Adam. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I've been powerless. You see, things have been dismal since we did what we did. I've... I've been lost without your guiding hand. But... but, Adam, it... it was I who freed you from Tom. That must count for something.
0: Oh,
2: come on. You were just poking your nose where it didn't belong. Nothing more, nothing less. Setting me free, I'm sure, was a very unwelcome and unintended consequence. (sighs) 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 Ah, come here, old friend. This is a grandiose moment, and I'm willing to put the past behind us and just watch the show together.
0: James reached towards Jacob and grabbed the inky skin on the back of his neck, gripping tightly. Then, looking towards Peggy, dug his fingers into her shoulder, holding her tight. Reverend Albert's body began to quiver and tremble, vibrating from within, twisting and contorting, still with his eyes unblinking his body spastically moved and his form began to swell and contract. We are here for you, Reverend. Nathaniel walked around to the front of Reverend Albert and began to disrobe him from the waist up, undoing the buttons which had held his godly image together, before pulling his shirt over his shoulders, exposing the horrifying truth of his true form. Dozens of parasites writhed in the cavities which dotted and consumed his back, chomping excitedly at their enclosures, ripping at his flesh, widening the cavities and stretching their limbs. The noise they made, nightmarish, ghoulish, terrifying and shrill in a way that felt like copper on the tongue. Reverend Albert began to convulse, the pain of those chomping teeth ripping, sending waves of uncontrollable contortions. (coughs) His form hunched forward sharply, and from where Peggy knelt, held in place by the digging fingers in her shoulder, she watched as the back of the Reverend's silhouette, in what dim ambient light there was, began to move. Oh, his back moved like a gurgling swarm of bugs, began bubbling like some acidic, belching moor made of peat and twisted desires. One by one, short, little snouts began to poke and peek from his form, followed by small, tiny, claw-tipped hands. Pulling their rodent-like forms free and independent of the reverend, they fell to the ground, Flopping about before getting their stubby, malformed legs beneath them. The Reverend breathed shallow breaths, jagging and stunted as he struggled to breathe them in, and with ease they expelled from his lungs all too willing to be rid of him.
1: And you shall provide to each a piece of yourself. And through your sacrifice, we shall spread. You will give your body, you will give your soul, you will spread the whispers of the long shadows.
0: You are changed. You
1: are molded in the image of the long shadows. You are the father of whispers. We are dust
2: and shadow.
0: He'd never spoken the words aloud. They had never stopped ringing in his mind. Over and over and over. The alcohol helped. And letting the voice inside have a taste during Sunday service also seemed to ease the chronic incessant whining of it within him, quelled the mystery of what it meant. It was a prophecy fulfilled. And there he was. The Reverend having served his purpose. The thing which Reverend Albert, as a boy, had called the man in the cave, Jacob, felt Adam's hand perspire and shake with excitement. Slowly and quietly he rested his hand on the ground.
2: That was... Fantastic! Absolutely fantastic! And it comes back around, doesn't it, Jacob?
0: As he spoke, Jacob quietly, slowly rubbed his fingers on the earth
1: right next to where Adam stood. Yes, you know it really does. With
0: his nail... Jacob scratched about, trying to find an edge.
2: You know, I gotta say, we make quite the unintentional team, you and I.
0: It was difficult in the dark. Impossible, almost. But not for Jacob. Not for the man in the cave, Who'd persisted long enough outside the bounds of light and goodness to know the difference between the darkness of night and a shadow.
2: <laughs> so it goes without saying, you'll show me how to drag my shadow out of this little runt, eh? You hear that, Piggy? The game's almost over.
0: Inching it into his palm. Trying as he may not to move or telegraph his movement, Jacob finally felt the silky, cold texture of Adam's shadow in his palm. It was thin and frail, and not the imposing coarse cape that it had once been. And it wouldn't be ever again if Jacob had any way of stopping it within the bounds of his cowardice.
1: Oh, Peggy, you sweet and naive child. It's time to grow up hmm, and face the facts. You never had any control over the events that have befallen you or your family. So now I think. The best course of action would be for you to run. Uh,
2: I'm sorry, what was that?
0: With a swift pull, the sinew in Jacob's shoulders popped and snapped as he pulled upwards. As Jacob pulled up, Adam, dressed in James's flesh, was dragged into the wet undergrowth stuck to the middle of his shins.
1: Oh, Peggy, you really should be running already.
0: Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. The fort is built on secrets and shadows, on unspoken truths and the designs of the long shadows, whoever they may be, but it's also built on the support of its townsfolk. Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? Or keeping the doors of the sanatorium for the lost and unwanted open? Or perhaps you'd rather help build the mausoleum for the ones who will never die? in thanks for your support and for only a few dollars a month you'll receive episodes of the town whispers released early and forever ad free as well as exclusive short stories and one shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth would you like to see with your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety all this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com slash thetownwhispers. If you would like to support us in other ways, please consider following us on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at the Town Whispers, or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on the show, please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com
1: the ghost of you inside of my